Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave. Virtual reality is one of the hottest new technology trends around these days, but you might not know that Santa Clara University actually has a virtual reality lab called the Imaginarium, located in the Dowd Art Building. You can visit scu.edu imaginarium to learn more. Virtual reality has the potential to transform a whole range of industries from employee training to entertainment. But how do people actually create virtual worlds? In this conversation, I'm going to be talking with one of those virtual world creators, Carl Maggio. Carl is a recent graduate from this past year in 2018, and he worked extensively with the virtual reality lab at Santa Clara, combining his engineering background with his artistic side to create virtual reality simulations. Specifically, he worked with the philosophy department to simulate a famous philosophical experiment called the trolley problem, which he will explain more in the interview. We also cover Carl's dream job, some of the upsides and dangers of virtual reality, and much more. Enjoy! So I'm excited to be here today with senior Carl Maggio, and I would love to start kind of in the middle of the story with January 2017. So you find out that Santa Clara has received funding to install a VR lab. What goes through your mind and how did you figure out about that and what did you do? So um, I first found out about the VR lab from my um, animation professor. I was taking a a 3D modeling and animation class that they offer in the art school um, with Professor Max Sims, and he emails the class saying that uh, we are we got funding for this VR lab and we're looking for um, assistance and so of course I immediately respond to him um, and say I'd love to be uh, love to be at any help whatsoever. Um, I still at that point like didn't really know what would what it would be what at all. I just heard VR and I was like yeah sure um, and so um, yeah I sent him an email. He sat me down for what was an interview I guess you could say and. Um, then I got hired, and I've been working there since yeah, since January, since it first opened. So, yeah. Yeah, what was it about VR that made you just know that you needed to be involved? Yeah. Well, first off, with this animation class, um, I'm a computer engineer, uh, computer engineering major, and um, I took this animation class because I was looking for something more in like game development related. That's sort of how I. Um, I found like sort of my niche in that little aspect. So I thought, hey, this might be a good way of doing this. Um, And so when he said that, I was like, oh, perfect. That sounds something that's like definitely more my alley, um, something more what I want to do. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I just thought I would email back, not really expecting to kind of have it blow up this big, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's been really exciting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What types of things were you interested in, like before that, or kind of mm -hmm. how did you get involved in engineering, and what did you pursue kind of before? Mm -hmm. um, well, as long as I could remember, I always was going to be an engineer. That was just um, my set. My um, step grandfather, he was a um, a pretty big electrical engineer, um, and so um, worked for Motorola way back when, and so I kind of grew up with him, like glorifying engineering and so of course that's what I was going to do and so I went to like science camps and engineering camps growing up and um, and so I uh, got to here um, went into computer engineering and loved the engineering side of things um, loved kind of being able to like make things work and I love programming it's just it's a really fascinating thing um, to, to get your hands on because um, you start to really understand the inner workings of a computer um, and how to manipulate it and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, and then, of course, flash forward to junior year where I was looking for something much more creative, um, and that's when I took the animation class. And actually, right after that, I uh, applied to be a uh, art minor. So I'm a computer engineering major and a studio art minor, which hmm. I'm pretty proud of. So, How do you hope to combine those two things with mm -hmm. art and engineering? Um, well, definitely, like, VR is definitely yeah. the perfect aspect of it um, because I can, I not only understand the scripting and the programming side of things um, with the programs that I'm working with, um, but I also understand the, art, like, artistic aspect. I can, I've also been doing a lot of work with, like, texturing and, and materials and stuff like that where I can create something and make it do something super cool and then also, like, have it look nice as well. So mm -hmm. it's been this perfect combination of... Um, the two like much more logic and creative sides mm -hmm. coming together um, in this VR aspect. And there's definitely like the perfect area for those two to mix mm -hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Could you maybe describe like one of the projects you've worked on maybe for someone who hasn't, you know, like, really experienced VR, like what are you actually creating and how do you go about creating that virtual world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll, Go ahead and talk about um, probably one of the things that, that you first heard with the philosophy department. Um, I'm currently working with Santa Clara's philosophy department with professors Scott Labarge and Eric Ramirez. Um, they had this idea that that in philosophy there are um, they are often are used are like thought experiments where you, pretty much a philosopher tells you to imagine yourself in a certain situation. And then asks you and provides you like a whole story and then asks you, how would you react in this story? And the problem with that is that you're asking people to um, like think of themselves in a situation and then given, giving them a lot of time to think about their response and then having them put their response down. Um, and so they had the idea is that, well, if we actually put people into those situations, simulate that environment um, in something like VR, which is perfect for this does their answer change? And so uh, the probably the most common example that um, most people have heard of is called the trolley problem, which is um, the one of the uh, one of the thought experiments that we've already put into practice and is ready for production. And so the the idea is is that you are standing at a railroad track and there's a train going down the track, its brakes aren't working um, and there are five people on the track and it's going to hit them and kill them. Um, and you are standing at the switch and you can switch it onto another track where there is one person um, sitting there and it's whether it's this 
thing of like, do you pull the lever or not? And on paper, almost everyone says you pull the lever. Like it's just the logical thing to do. It's basic utilitarianism. Um, however, in practice, uh, because this is one of the things that we put in production, we've definitely found that it's much more 50-50 with people. Um, it's the sort of like fight or flight mentality of like, People, if you don't pull the switch, then you are not involved in whatever is going on. And so you don't have responsibility for it. But if you do touch that switch, then it's almost like you're taking on that responsibility aspect of it. Um, so that was a long-winded explanation for what I do with the philosophy department. But um, essentially, I am one of their creators. Um, I work with a program called Unity, um, which is a game engine, um, which uh, most people... the Two big game engines out there are Unreal Engine and Unity, and they're pretty much like, unless you're like a big AAA company who can like create their own engine, um, those are pretty much the things that if you want to make any sort of game related, any sort of VR experience, any sort of creative aspect, creative media, um, those are the programs that you use. So I use Unity um, primarily, and it pretty much provides you with an environment where you can put a bunch of um, like 3D models and, and computer-generated assets and into a scene, and then you can interact with them. So any sort of interaction that the player would have with them, that's where scripting comes into play. And so it's this kind of meld between creating a world and then making the world do things, hmm. uh, which is the scripting aspect of it. So hmm. um, that's my role in it. I create these worlds for that, these simulated worlds uh, for people to experience these philosophical thought experiments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to you, you have to design what happens when someone say like touches something or yeah. picks something up. Do you have to do all of that? Yeah, exactly. So someone someone chooses to press that switch. Mm -hmm. I have to make the train go on a different track, mm -hmm. and that's all scripting aspect of it. Anything interactable in the world um, has some sort of script attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, however, just stagnant. That's where just like the world building comes into play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then in the summer of 2017, you had an internship also related to VR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was that? So um, yeah, it was a, this. A startup company that um, is still going pretty strong. Essentially, what they they uh, promoted themselves as is sort of like a catering business for virtual reality, where they work with developers specifically to, hey, you have this great product, but you don't have any way of like showcasing it to the public. Whereas like they are like, we have all of these VR systems and we can put it out to the public and have them like try your product or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're in a couple permanent locations in San Francisco. Um, they're at Hotel Zeta and um, oh, the Myriad. Um, and so they, they have permanent locations there. And then they also outfitted sort of like a food truck um, with VR in the back of it so that they could just drive around the city and people can um, uh, go into this food truck and play VR. Um, and they've done a bunch of major conferences. They've done Comic-Con. They've done um, GDC, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco this past year. Um, so they've been, they've been, they do a lot of movie premieres. So, um, yeah, they've been getting much bigger. And so my role was kind of like, I was a guide for them. I helped people into the experiences. And then I also uh, worked with development companies to kind of get their product onto our systems for people mm -hmm. to try. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when people hear about 
spending time in a virtual world, they might think, oh, well, like, what's wrong with this world? Or wouldn't it be problematic if we end up living in a world where everyone just has these headsets on and no one's really talking to each other? <laughs> so what do, you, what do you say about like that when someone says that to you? I think that, I mean, yeah, with, with this technology, there definitely needs to be like a fine line of like how much time is too much time like being immersed into these worlds because this is all just escapism really um and so um yeah no i think that there definitely needs to be a fine line between and if you feel like you're spending too much time in the virtual world and not enough time with the, the real world then yeah that's obviously a problem mm-hmm. um i think that um just simply because it's um become so big in media right now ready player one is an example of spending too much time in vr um and so i think yeah there just needs to be like that balance and i definitely understand the worries that that we might get too immersed but i think that on the other side like people are going to be playing games forever like it's a great way of escapism it's definitely something that our generation has taken a hold of and molded into something amazing and i've been playing games forever and uh there's definitely a balance there and so i love to can't all just be work there needs to be some sort of way to escape and so um as long as it's not too much i don't have a problem with it i think that um vr is a really great way to experience new worlds that know that you wouldn't be able to in any other situation um which is something that i love about it Mm -hmm. do you think gaming will be the main um, like kind of medium that VR is used for? Or are there going to be other areas of our lives that we see it pop up in? I definitely think that it has much more applications. I think gaming is probably the easiest way to like initially market it and get it out to the public. Um, it's just, it's it's still in the couple first years of its life right now. And gaming is just like the easiest way for it to get it made, made extremely popular. Um, I think that one, like once the price goes down, you'll see start more... Um, applications coming out um, and I know Oculus just released their Oculus Go which is now we have a VR headset for only $200 which I think is a much lower price point for a lot of people um, and so I think yeah as as more people get it into their hands you'll start to see other applications for it um, both in virtual reality and in augmented reality which I do have um, some projects in as well um, I think these two technologies are really going to explode they're really going to revolutionize this the way that uh like we like interact with people in general um i've already seen like job listings for um, business companies who are looking to like monetize with vr and like create business solutions and um, uh, data visualization and virtual reality to like improve the business aspect of it so that's just one application that is already being used i know medical applications for um, training doctor or training surgeons on like a virtual body is definitely something that is being put into practice right now so Mm. i think the possibilities are kind of endless and uh like i mentioned as we get this technology in people's hands people are going to take it and do amazing things with it Mm -hmm. so like in 10 years if i'm living in san francisco walking around am i going to have some like augmented reality glasses or what's (laughs) what's the world going to look like then (laughs) yeah no i think that uh, specifically with augmented reality, so far a lot of people kind of refer it to just like your phones, like Snapchat filters and um, stuff like that, uh, as sort of augmented reality. But I think, yeah, I think glasses are the next kind of big step. And I would go ahead and predict that in like the next two years is when, um, yeah, maybe 
one year until the first like augmented reality um, headset really gets commercialized because mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple out in the wild where in the wild right now um, Microsoft has their hololens which is currently in developer edition which you can apply to get but it's not commercially available yet um, meta is another company that they have it um, available to be purchased um, I think they're on like back order though but they work mainly with individual corporations uh, to create a specific solution for them mm-hmm. so it's not really a commercial product mm-hmm. um, and then the other big one is Magic Leap which I think will be the big commercial product uh, but they haven't released their headset um, and they I think it's going to be out in the next year but they haven't given a, this is just my speculation mm-hmm. they haven't given any um, indication as of yet um so yeah i think in a couple years the augmented reality headset are going to become big give it a few more years as like price point goes down and i definitely foresee a future in 10 years where we all have glasses on with some sort of computers and um, or mm. something like that i think the biggest thing um with that sort of industry though is the reason that we all carry our phones with us is that we can't spend a day without texting or calling. Like it's just become ingrained into our society. And I think once augmented reality finds that niche application of like, this is something that no one can live without, um, then it'll completely take off. And I think if that application is out there, then we'll all have classes with computers on, but um, it's kind of that race to find that application um, to really kind of blow up the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also just recently finished your senior design mm-hmm. project. So what did you end up doing for that? So yeah, that um, uh, kind of different gears from VR. We worked with the Microsoft HoloLens, uh, which we had access to with the virtual reality lab here on campus, the Imaginarium. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the sort of idea was that we wanted to provide first responders with a pseudo x-ray into a potentially dangerous environments that they would be getting themselves into, um, without actually having them enter the, the environment themselves. And so we have this, uh, scanner, uh, using a LiDAR sensor, um, that will, you put into a room, you deploy it in some way and it scans the room. Um, and then it takes that scan, it renders it on a computer, um, and then it sends it to the augmented reality device. And so if the user were to be outside the room and the scanner would be inside a room, they could essentially see the physical structure of the inside of the room so that they would be getting more information um, before they actually enter into um, these things, uh, these rooms. And so, uh, yeah, the, our presentation was just last week. It went really well. Um, a lot of, We got a lot of people to show up for our presentation and they all seemed to really like it. Um, and yeah, we're actually in the process of applying uh, to Santa Clara um, to get the rights to patent that, and um, we're gonna we're gonna try and take this and uh, patent it and maybe start a business with it if we if we're able to. But um, that's still far along down the lines. We're just happy that the presentations are good. And, um, yeah, now it's the design thesis that we have to write. And uh, but yeah, yeah, that's so you, you want to continue working on it then after. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that um, patenting is a lot of money because there are lawyer fees involved and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so I think we're gonna try and um, the the three other members of my group. Um, we're gonna all like 
go off, like work for a couple of years, kind of save up money so that we can eventually pay for, for this patent. Um, but yeah, no, I think we're all in the same mindset of like, we'd love to like see where this could take us. Hmm. So. so what are your plans after graduation? So yeah, the, my plans are, are still kind of up in the air. I've been applying to a lot of different companies, interviewing with a lot of different companies. Um, VR is great, but it's still very new. So finding like entry level positions is still, hmm. um, still difficult but uh but yeah i'm like vr and ar is definitely the interesting industry that i'm going to be in i will be working in it for as long as i can whether it's just working on my own projects my own ideas that i come up with um and uh, uh as far as the summer uh the philosophy department has graciously allowed us to uh both myself and my co-worker miles elliott um allowed us to uh, work there over the summer so i'll probably work there for a little bit and then um yeah see where all my applications and interviews take me but um mm -hmm. yeah no i'm definitely planning on staying in the vr industry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's been something else about like santa clara that you've that you've really enjoyed or that you've like gotten involved with a lot a lot of people haven't really even like heard of the like the vr lab you know mm -hmm. and it's such a it's its own like little corner of campus but like have you been able to like experience other areas i guess or um yeah no definitely um i uh, for most of my career here, I was also pretty big on campus ministry, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I led the search retreat. I went on the search retreat in sophomore year, mm -hmm. uh, my sophomore year, and I've led it multiple times afterwards. I went to a Jesuit high school. Retreats were always kind of my thing. So, um, yeah, I was very involved with campus ministry, did CLC for a while. Um, uh, that was definitely a I would say definitely a big part of my my college experience mm -hmm. for me. Um, I really enjoyed enjoyed that, um, and they have a lot of great people in campus ministry, very welcoming. So it was um, that was fun. That was one aspect that um, I was very much involved in. Do you think that your Jesuit education at all informs like what work you'd be doing in VR? That like there are any like ethical considerations or implications w between like faith and mm -hmm. VR? No, yeah, I think that um, I think just growing up with a Jesuit education, what it really has provided me like with the the strive to ask difficult questions because i think that's a big thing uh, with jesuit philosophy is that they want to ask the challenging questions and um and kind of make you uncomfortable that's kind of like a big big thing uh, with them and so i think a vr is a really great way to like ask people difficult questions and really make them think um hence which makes the philosophy experiment so great is that we're asking people to kind of put themselves in, in more like like challenging situations and really asking them to think about their their situation and their decision and what that decision means in a greater context and i think ethics in vr is a great way to ask those questions and um so i think yeah what has been nice with the jesuit education is that it, it's definitely give me a more of a strive to kind of ask those difficult hmm. questions uh, which i'm very grateful for yeah awesome well i'd love to wrap up with a couple shorter questions yeah so, yeah first of all do you have any favorite place that you've traveled 
Ooh. Uh, this past winter break, uh, my girlfriend was studying abroad in Barcelona. And so for the last week, I went to visit her. We went to, uh, obviously, I had to tour Barcelona. We went to Venice, Italy, which Venice is incredible. I, myself, an Italian and um, had only gone once when I was a little kid. Um, and so the food was incredible. Uh, that was really cool. And then we also went to Scotland, which... Um, was both a place that we wanted to see and food there is also great so um i don't know yeah that, those are a couple of cool places that I've been. yeah gotcha i'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that because i'm going to be in italy in the fall actually oh my god you're gonna love it <laughs> yeah if you could send a message to every person in the united states what would you want to say wow uh <laughs> it has become very hard for people just to be nice to other people and that has been like a big issue with a lot of different things and we don't really need to get into that. Uh, but yeah, it would probably just to be like, like be nice, like be good people. I don't think it's that hard to do. So just that's probably what I would say. And finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? Ooh, um, definitely start off with a great breakfast. Um, food's kind of my thing. If mm. <laughs> I haven't gotten that already. Do you have any, any favorite restaurants or foods? Um, so my girlfriend and I, our favorite place is sushi. And so we will, um, we've gone, we've explored most of the sushi places around the area. So, um, like Kenji's a good one. Uh, Kenzo, which is a little bit farther down, they have a good all you can eat. Um, um, I love burgers. So the counter is one of my favorite places. Um, I could go on and on about food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, good breakfast, probably go to Bill's, um, or, um, Oh, Sarah's Kitchen, they're both are really good. Um, and then probably just relax for a bit. My, my weeks are kind of busy, so I like to relax on the weekends, play a good video game. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of my thing. Um, but maybe go to, like, Santa Cruz because um, uh, I love going to the beach there. And my friends and I, we always love to go, and um, we'll bring Smash Ball to the beach. And that, or no, Spike Ball, sorry, Spike mm-hmm. Ball to the beach, and that's always a good time. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my ideal Saturday. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this interview. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope I was insightful in some way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and definitely up here on campus. It's called the Imaginarium. Mm-hmm. It's endowed 108. Uh, we have 26 Oculus Rifts. We have mm-hmm. four HTC Vives and the Microsoft HoloLens. And that room just does not fill up as much. And so um, it's pretty much open. I think I think the official hours are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Hmm. I personally am there from 5, uh, from around 5 to 9.30 mm-hmm. p.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, so if anyone wants to try VR, please feel free to, to go. It's a great medium. Not enough people know about our VR lab. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, yeah, if you want to check it out, just tell them I sent you. Yeah, and I guess I'll add in a last question. of If, if a student hears about this lab, they didn't know it existed, mm-hmm. um, like you, and then they hear about it, what should they do to get involved? Should just go and check it out? Yeah, just go and check it out. Um, Max, uh, Max Sims, the, um, the guy in charge, she's very welcoming. Um, we have a good team of lab assistants there. They will be more than helping just say that, like, hey, like, I heard that this was a VR lab. Like, is it okay if I check it out? And for the most part, people kind of help you out there. Um, also, we do have a class. Um, a It's called VR 101 Bootcamp, uh, which it takes place every fall. Um, and it goes um, fall, winter, spring. 
So it's a continuation course. Um, and so it kind of teaches you the basics of how to create experiences for VR. And um, you form teams, you come up with this big idea, you work on it throughout the year. And then in spring, there's a big competition where we actually get people from industry to um, to judge it. And there's a big, big prize at the end of it. So if you're really interested in getting into VR, I would definitely take a look out for that class. I think it's 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 in the arts department, so I think it's arts one ninety four or something like that. That could be completely wrong, um, but uh, definitely take a look out for that. Um, same with the three D modeling and animation course. Um, I don't think Max teaches it anyway anymore, but um, the guy who is currently doing it, Chris Platts, I don't know if he's doing it next year. Uh, but anyway, it's a great class, and so if you're interested in um, game development or VR or anything at all, I would highly recommend taking those. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.